Good morning, I'm Nathan and this is Word in Motion. This is a pod for looking in the mirror of scripture each day, seeing our imperfect selves and making one change each day to live and love as God intended. Finally, (laughs) Paul begins chapter 3 with finally, even though he's only halfway through his letter, setting an example many a modern day preacher has since emulated. Finally, my brothers, he says, rejoice. Take this word finally as a means of re-engaging his audience, bringing them back to the main anthem of the letter. Rejoice in the Lord, not because of circumstances, but despite them. Not because of your own successes or failures, but despite them, rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 3, starting in verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law blameless. Verse 7, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Critically, verse 1 and verses 7 and 8 are bracketing this sort of abbreviated resume. He says, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And then he gives this list. Circumcised on the eighth day, check a box. Of the people of Israel, check a box. Of the tribe of Benjamin specifically, check a box. Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, if that was your standard for excellence, a Pharisee. So at the highest end of the education, at the highest end of knowing the law. As to zeal, if that's your bar, a persecutor of the church. He went out of his way. He lived his life persecuting the church, which would have been seen as a credit on his resume, a positive, not only that he was uh, not a disciple of Jesus, but that he actually went about intentionally, aggressively persecuting the church. As to righteousness under the law, if that was your bar, blameless. He'd fulfilled as much of the law as anyone. If anyone has cause to brag on any count, tradition, lineage, education, zeal, quote-unquote holiness but whatever gain i had he says i count as loss for the sake of christ and specifically the surpassing worth of knowing christ for his sake he says i've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish to what point and purpose why paul you have all these things going for you 
in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. In verse 10, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. What are your qualifications? What's on your resume? How do you value that compared to knowing Christ? I asked the question a while back, and I want to come down, come back to it, I should say, is today's challenge. What could Jesus call you to do that would cross the line? What stops you from loving the least of these, as Jesus said? In Matthew 25, why aren't we serving the hungry and thirsty, the strangers, the naked, the sick, and in prison? Because they're icky? Because we might get dirty? Why aren't you talking to the unpopular people around you, the less desirable people who might be especially lonely during this quarantine season? Maybe we tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, here's a list of 20 states and six countries that I'm willing to go to listed in order of preference. You go ahead and send me to any one of them. Jesus, I'll go locally, but I won't give up my friends or I won't give up a certain activity. How many people have maybe not prayed this prayer word for word, but at least thought this, Lord, I will serve you Sunday and Wednesday. You know, I have softball on Tuesday. You know, if I want to be a manager at work, then I have to stay late on Thursdays and Saturdays. So this is the time I have available, God. You can call me to anything outside of these specific times. What could Jesus call you to do that would cross the line? Paul says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. What are you willing to count as loss for the sake of Christ? Let me pray for you. Father God, uh, give us perspective. Please help us see our lives in the context of the value of knowing you, the surpassing worth, Lord, of knowing Christ and knowing what has been done for us, Lord, and knowing your desires for us, your will for our lives, Lord, that that would be our chief focus and desire, Lord, that we would be willing to give up anything else for your sake, for the sake of your call in our lives. Lord, give us perspective to put those priorities in order. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Nathan. This is Word in Motion. Have a great day.